They say that first impressions count, but what if people's impression of you is never who you actually are? I'm Gem Turner. I'm a three foot one, wheelchair using, disabled Yorkshire lass who's fascinated by people and human connection. This podcast will delve into the weird and wonderful interactions we all have every day, because I know we've all got those stories. I'll be interviewing some of my favourite people to find out their own unique experiences too, so hopefully we can all learn something together. So sit back, relax, if you can, and enjoy! Hey! Hello! How are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Thank you, not too bad. Would you mind visually describing yourself for the listeners, please? Yeah, um, so I am I'm a 28-year-old northern um, girl. I am six foot, uh, I want to say in length, not height, um, yeah. because I am a full-time wheelchair user. Um, I don't know how else to describe me. I've got brown hair, quite a lot of it. I wear glasses. Um, yeah. That's fabulous. That needs to be covered on that part. That's great. No, we covered it. I feel like you just get the shit every day from someone and I love that you just call it out I know when people just like like to start on me for the sake of starting and I think I I don't think people like the fact that I just seem to get on with it and I do get lucky I do get lucky like with opportunities and doing things but at the same time like I do work my ass off to ensure that people do see me and do want to give me the opportunities so I'm like no you're not taking it away from me Everyone's like, well, it's all right for you because you're, you've been on the telly and it's all right for you because you've got a boyfriend who does this for you. And I'm like, yeah, I'm really lucky to have a boyfriend, but, you know, like, I do a lot of things for him too. So it's kind of like anyone who has a relationship, that's just the way it works. I'm not, like, something special just because I'm disabled. And if anything, like you were saying the other day, I mean, I feel like we're quite similar in that we always try and do things ourselves. Like... Mm. The fact that you got a boyfriend, bloody hell, I mean, probably means that you do things more because we we want to show that we can do it. We're not yeah. just going to sit back. And it'd be fine if we did sit back and say, do you know what, can you help me with that, please? But, yeah, I think people don't realise, do they, that we want independence. We want to just try it and see what happens. Definitely, definitely. I mean, don't get me wrong, he does help me with a lot of things, a lot of things. You know, like, just stuff things where when we're sitting on the couch on a night watching the telly, he, he always goes and refills the drinks. Like, yeah. that's just his job. Just because it's such a faff for me to go and do it. And I'm like, do you mind? Do you mind? But then there's other scenarios where I'm like, oh, I'll just go and do this. And I can see his face and he's like, uh, yeah, yeah. And then I'll go and do it and I'll struggle. <laughs> but it's, it's just him allowing me to do it that that I really appreciate because as you say there's so many people like when you're out and about especially I find it's especially when I'm on my own yeah. if there's someone walking beside me not even pushing me or anything someone walking beside me I don't get as many people approach but when I'm on my own it's just like I'm this huge magnet for strangers being weird yeah yeah I think I, I wrote something 
once about it just feels like you're just constantly being watched aren't you mm. it's like if you're reversing your car and someone's watching you like mm. you're gonna think oh like, yeah. yeah it's like that all the time isn't it for just yeah. doing everyday simple things that yeah you know and then you're probably gonna do it wrong because people are just been watching you yeah but when I have that conversation with people and I say before I became disabled I didn't have to worry about walking into a room and all eyes on me whereas now I walk into a room and it's all eyes on me and everyone like tries and questions it and says no people are looking at you because you're pretty people look at you because you're young and I'm like no no one used to approach me ever ever when before the wheelchair and now what people like to approach me say oh you're so pretty and I'm like yeah, they're doing it out of pity. It's the chair. And I was like, no, no, they're not. They're not. And I'm like, mm-hmm. People are so uncomfortable with disability, aren't they? That yeah. they would rather have a 10-minute debate with you about mm. the fact that you're not safe rather than just being like, oh, cool, what can we do to like make it easier? Yeah. Sometimes, like, ha- like as you say, I have this perception, non-disabled people, like a lot of non-disabled people tend to have this perception and as soon as you deviate from that perception and say, actually, although your theory is very nice, this is the reality, mm-hmm. uh, they just don't seem to like it. Yeah. They don't seem to like People don't like change. And I suppose change is telling people how it really is. Yeah. And it's not always necessarily a bad thing. Um, I might just be saying, you know, this is slightly different to what you actually think and what society would generally tend to think. People are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, it is not. <laughs> So in terms of like, you know, before you were disabled, what were people's first impressions of you, would you say? I'd probably say like, I was just like quite friendly, like I'm pretty much like I am now. Mm-hmm. I'd kind of talk to anyone, but it wouldn't be a case of, as you say, walking in the room and people look at me or mm-hmm. people feeling obliged to come and talk to me. Yeah. I could go to Asda, spend three hours in there doing my food shop and leave without anyone even looking my way whereas now I can't even spend 20 minutes in there without about like five people touching me or pushing me or talking to me or grabbing things before I've reached to get it but yeah beforehand it was I was quite outgoing and like doing my own thing pretty independent Um, and I still think that's like pretty similar to to now really. I suppose you know I asked that question because ultimately you are the same it's more people's reactions are just completely different just because there's two wheels next year people are that prejudiced about disabled people that I mean just from my experience I'm sure you can agree people panic don't they like have you had a lot of panickers yeah definitely I think people panic about what's politically correct and what they can and can't say yeah people panic about situations where they can and can't help and I speak a lot about people overly annoying me when I'm out and about and I just want to get on with my day to day I actually tell people if you see me just walk the other way just don't (laughs) acknowledge me (laughs) which is probably very different to a lot of disabled people who are like oh some people don't see me and I'm like everyone sees me everyone sees me and everyone speaks me but, I love that I do I just it really stresses me out but then some people are like oh well you know I do want to acknowledge you and and what situations would you accept help and I'm like I'd accept help when it's overly obvious you know if I fell out of my chair then yeah 
that's probably a scenario where you should go and offer help to someone. But if I'm picking a packet of scotch eggs up in the like cheese aisle or whatever in Asda at eye level and it's not a hardship, then no, you don't need to reach over and pick it up two seconds before I get to it. Yeah. Like, just leave me be kind of scenario. And I think that's what people really do struggle to understand because when I say, no, I'm fine, I can do it. Some people get like really offended, really, really offended. Like, oh, well, fine then. If you want to be rude about it and you don't need the help, and I'm like, well, no, no, I don't. It's exhausting. It's what what I think is so simple that people can't grasp is that you are, yeah, you are one person, not you, like the other person is one person. But imagine that, like, there's probably going to be twenty people that want to help or want mm-hmm. to explain so, so they can't grasp that it's not just them that's intending to be nice everybody we come into contact with wants to explain their journey of oh. how they know disabled people and you're just like yeah. I haven't got time I've got things well, to do exactly I think it's very overwhelming sometimes I mean like for instance, when I go to a bar, I'll always know there's like a couple of different types of people you're going to meet when you're in that bar. There'll be the person who wants to talk to you, who knew you before and says how inspirational you are and how much they're following your journey and you know how great you are. There'll be the person who wants to buy you a drink out of pity. Um, it was never acknowledged you before, even though you knew them before. There'll be the person who wants to sit on your knee um and have a go of your chair because that's a thing there'll be the person who like wants to tap you on the shoulder or pat you on the head as if you're a dog um, and feel sorry for you and then there'll be the people who ask you outright well what's wrong with you then then there'll be someone oh well uh have you got a carer with you how are you going to go to the toilet and there's just so many of these like typical scenarios that I always find myself in and it's just a different person every single time yeah yeah and you you can't relax can you because you you start thinking oh who are you going to be then and what do I have to to do this time and have you got like certain replies for certain situations well I cannot I can usually judge within the first five seconds of the conversation where the conversation is going to go um and lots of people just feel obliged to say something yeah and that's when it becomes awkward because I just think what? <laughs> Why are you going out of your way? Like, I am just a normal person. I hate using the term normal because, yeah. you know, what is normal? But I am just like everyone else who's in this venue. Um, You don't have to act really, really strange around me. And that's like what I try and speak about quite a lot online. And I think some people do really get it. And then other people are still like in this mothering mode where they have to be the saviour. And there is some genuine people who genuinely want to help and like just don't know how, uh, which is fine. But then there is other people where I can just tell straight away they're the type who want to give you that bit of help so that I can go home and say, oh, I helped the poor disabled girl today. Mm, they get a buzz off it. Yeah, and I'm like, good deed done for the day. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they're the ones who just make me feel sick. Yeah. I once went to a bar and this girl was off her face and like gave me a number like on a piece of paper and was like if you ever need anything just let me know I thought it was hilarious and my friends were like the next day you should text her and be like 
oh, can you get me a Macca's handbrown <laughs> and bring it round? And I was just like, I can't, like, I just can't. But it's things like that where people don't realise that we're giggling or, you know, or we're upset because, you know, they've gone too far or, you yeah. know, people just think that intention is above everything else, don't they? Oh, definitely. They think if if they perceive it to be nice, whatever they're planning on doing, then we have to accept the niceness when in actual fact, it's better to stop people and explain, actually, although you perceive it to be nice, it's not actually that helpful or nice in the first place. Um, and it's it's a really hard conversation to have with people sometimes, because as you say, lots of people do get the back up and just see you as, oh, well, she's a whinger or she's a mourner. And it's not always the case, but I mean, I've been, I was rolling down the street before, minding my own business, like midday, and someone came over to me and gave me a fiver, gave me five pounds. I was a bit like, have I dropped it? Like, what? I said, what's that for? And he was like, it's for you, from me. And I went, what do you mean? He was like, because you're in a wheelchair. Oh. You know, just totally like gobsmacked. Anyway, I took the fiver. Yeah. And I just like wheeled away and like gobsmacked. But it just shows you people's perception. Like, why would you go and give a stranger a fiver? Just, just don't like, understand the logic. Like, what does he think you could buy? Like, I don't know. A meal really deal or something. I really don't. It's like me going up to someone with ginger hair and saying, Here's a fiver because you have ginger hair, or here's a fiver because you're wearing glasses. Yeah. Like, what on earth? It just. Uh... People just don't seem to comprehend how often I'm faced with these weird scenarios. Mm-hmm. It is like a daily thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, it does differ for different people, but I am like out and about on my own quite a lot. So I think that's why I'm I'm faced with this. And I think the area that I live has a lot to do with it as well. People aren't used to seeing someone like myself. Um, so people do like shout at me quite a lot because they think that I can't hear or like do the whole crouch down thing or talking slow thing or speaking to whoever I'm with because I think I'm unable to order my own meal or whatever it may be so it is it is quite hard sometimes but as I say it's very very real for me up here in the lovely Hartlepool I mean the people most the majority of people are great but um I think people are just starting to learn and starting to adapt a bit more around the world of disabilities yeah definitely I mean it's hard and it? I think I don't know if you can relate but it completely for me depends how I'm feeling that day so if, mm. I'm in, if I'm in a really good mood and someone's staring at me, I'm like, yes, stare at me. Like, I've got my contour, like I'm feeling great. <laughs> but then if I'm not feeling good, it completely changes my day. And I'm like, for God's sake, like, I just want to go and be me and I can't do anything without someone yeah. saying something. So, yeah. Do you find it differs depending on how you're feeling? Oh, yeah, definitely. Some days, as I say, I'll just I'll be in the mode of, don't talk to me, don't look at me, don't converse with me, keep away from me. And then other days I'm like, oh, right, I'll I'll humour some people today. And then other days I'm like, yeah, I'll just, I haven't got the energy to try and even explain it to people. So I'll just say whatever they want me to say, like an odding dog. So it does, it does totally vary, as you say, but it, it it's exhausting. Whichever, whichever scenario you're in, it's exhausting. Yeah, definitely. So in terms of like, Instagram, you've created a little bit of an online community, really good life. It's interesting because 
we have similar reactions when we go out and, you know, like we say, it's so exhausting. So some people would question, so how do you find, you know, doing that in real life? And then you put yourself out there online as well. So that mm-hmm. must feel doubly exhausting. Why did you start Instagram? Well, I started it because when I first became disabled, I had like an influx of nosy people. So where I live, it's like almost like an episode of EastEnders. Everyone knows everyone's business. You can't leave the house without people talking to you. And, you know, that kind of tight-knit community. Yeah. So I think it was like a big shock to people. And everyone's like, whoa, what's this? Like, what, what's going on? And... I kept getting people trying to like add me on all of my personal Facebooks and Instagrams. And I thought a lot of like family and friends kept messaging me. How's the physio going? How's this going? How are you doing? And I just, it became a bit monotonous um, and a bit annoying, like all of the strangers wanting to know. So I just thought I'm going to set up like just a little page. Didn't really think anything of it. Little page where I can just tell people, you know, what I'm doing and how my physio is going and, document it a little bit and just from that it kind of grew and it more so grew into a big community of other disabled people that I've never had in real life I've never been out with another wheelchair user ever that's gonna change soon soon. we're gonna be out soon definitely I'll hold you to that one um so it was almost like a lifeline to me because there was so many unanswered questions that I had myself because I knew nothing about disability until I became disabled overnight. It was like a really, really big support line for me and still is to this day. Um, And from that, I kind of, the more I went out into the public um, in my local area, the more I realised, wow, there's so many scenarios I find myself in where A, it's inaccessible and people don't care and B, people are acting really strange around me um so maybe I should maybe talk a little bit about this online because a lot of my following at the time was local people so I thought hopefully if I speak about it a little bit more with it being such a small town maybe things might change and to be fair lots of lots of people's opinions have I think um but it's kind of quietly grew and grew and grew um but within the first week the the, the reason why it went so big within the first week. I think I got like 2,000 followers within a week. Um, I tagged something for Mrs. Hinch because at the time I was like in cleaning mode because I couldn't really leave the house much. So I was like, oh, Mrs. Hinch, I've got myself the new cloth that you love or whatever. And she shared me on a page. So I had this huge influx of people. And then, I, and then from that, it kind of spurred me on and thought, oh, people actually are interested and people do want to know a bit more. And if I just keep it about me and my life and I don't profess to, you know, be a disability advocate as such, um, I'm just going to roll with it, pardon the pun, and see where it goes. And then now it's like quite uh, nicely progressed into modern day, really good life. Yeah. Where I get pearls of abuse from all angles of the universe. <laughs> Oh, God. Obviously, you know, having the the disability community isn't, you know, I can say it's something I really treasure because on those days, it's really hard. You can just be like, guys, let's just all hang out virtually and have a moan. But like you say, comes it also comes with 
not just the exhausting prejudices, but people who can be anonymous mm-hmm. as well. Do you mind talking about, like, do you get regular DMs or is it comments? Like, what do you find is the worst, really? Well, to be fair, I don't get a great deal of people openly commenting abuse on my posts because as you say people like to hide behind the screen and do it discreetly and just send the abuse um but it does happen like they do trickle through now and again like this week was an example of someone um (laughs) being quite aggressive because I didn't reply um (laughs) but I would say the abuse in my dms is like a weekly thing Yeah. yeah definitely and it, it does tend to be like accounts that are set up um purposely for trolling and you can always tell like a mile off that they follow 10 people and that's half the time they don't even follow you they don't have a profile picture it's like a weird name and they're just sending loads of abuse um and then the other half of it is you know people who are obsessed with the fact that I'm paralyzed and find it a bit of a turn on um, and that's like exhausting to deal with as well knowing that you're kind of put on this pedestal purely based on the struggles that you may face so but that's another story for a different day that topic (laughs) i was gonna say we could delve into it but it's just so too many levels yeah too many levels of that one maybe part two if we do (laughs) but yeah it's it sounds like a lot and i think the sad thing is that you know it's so needed this representation like you know you're working with some amazing brands and it's so important and it to get people like us and further identities to be real with brands and because we all use them don't we it's like you know we're missing out on so much yeah I mean I harp on a lot about the size of the disabled community online and I, th- I still think that people just refuse to believe that over 20 percent of the population like one in five people are disabled in the uk mm. that's a huge proportion of people and i think people struggle to kind of accept it because they have the attitude of well i don't really see many disabled people so i don't really believe them statistics and i'm like you probably don't see disabled people because a you're probably not interested and b disabled people don't go places that aren't that aren't accessible so if you're going upstairs to you know a restaurant to your favorite restaurant for rooftop drinks and they don't have a lift then more than likely you won't see a disabled person with a visual disability when I say visual I mean like a a mobility aid what's like overly obvious um and then there's also the statement that not every disability is visible so yeah you might not see what you expect disabled people to look like as well yeah yeah it's that thing of people it's almost like if they don't know somebody they just it's ignorance and it's like Mm -hmm. oh well that's that doesn't affect us but yeah, 20% of people, they probably do know a lot of disabled people. Mm, definitely. But as you say, I think lots of people have this perception that unless you have a wheelchair, um, you don't really count as being disabled, um, which is quite sad, really, because as you say, that that one in five makes up a whole host of different disabilities and it's not always a wheelchair. Yeah. despite that being like the symbol of disability yeah it's not always a wheelchair that defines 
a disabled person. Mm. And I think, like, I don't know what you've if you've experienced this, but say if I go to a bar and it's got a step, you know, suddenly you get these, like, five men that crowd you and go, come on, over, I'll take you. <laughs> and you just, like, people don't really realise to that that is such a not... Well, for me personally, anyway, I mean, I'm three foot one. I don't want five men picking me up, you know. Like, it's such a vulnerable position to be in. Yeah. And also the experience of that is so traumatic. I'm going to say it traumatic because who wants to be hurled up a flight of steps just for a strawberry daiquiri? Like, (laughs) no thanks. I'm all right. Like, but people don't realise that, do they? And they just think, well, I'm giving you a solution, so... Yeah, but it's not always a practical and comfortable solution for lots of people I mean don't get me wrong I have been held up many steps in my time by these saviors who like seem to just appear as soon as they see you yeah yeah you're approaching the door um but I do that I just do it because I don't want I don't want to miss out and and it's the sad reality I just I don't want to miss out Yeah. yeah so I kind of have to put up with it because if that's the only bar in the vicinity it's a faff you to go elsewhere it's a faff for everyone to change your plans and then you feel like the burden and again you're in that cycle of oh mm. so yeah. yeah I do do it but I, as I said I don't feel comfortable at all being lifted a because um I don't have a seatbelt on my chair so you know the likelihood of all six foot of me falling out this chair is quite high yeah. and b to get me up off the floor it's just a nightmare with me being so big and people don't realise that I am so big. Mm. Um, you know, when I fell before, it's like I'm a dead weight. Like, for instance, if I was like 12 stone, it's like you're picking up 20 stone because I'm I'm just so limp, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and people don't seem to grasp that when I like explain, like, please, please be careful. And yeah. they're just like, yeah. and then then it's like almost like it's like a, a scene, like in a film, and like everyone's watching, and oh. people are clapping, people are cheering, and I'm like, oh, oh my god, I can just feel. I know exactly what you mean. Like, yeah. it's just, it's a lot in it. Yeah, definitely. And then people like then approach the saviors, like pat on the back, well done, like you've done such a good job helping her in there, and. I'm just like, hello, everyone. What about me? Mm. What about me and how I feel? Like, that could have easily been solved if you even just had, like, a removable ramp that you can put down. Exactly. It's such a small but incredible thing that when bars do get them out, I'm like, thank you, God. Thank the Lord. Thank the Lord that you've spent 200 quid on something which really makes life easier for a lot of people, for one in five people. Yeah, isn't it? So you mentioned their friends, and I'm interested in this because I've personally gone on a real journey. When I was younger, I found it really hard to express my needs without apologising or, like, you know, if we were going on a night out, I'd be like, oh, I'll sort it because I just didn't want people to make a fuss, basically, which I think is one of the key things that we both, you know, don't want but recently I've really tried to change that and being mm. more vocal so I just wondered like how have you found that in terms of you know have you kept some friends from uh, before you were disabled how's how's that been 
Yeah, well, to be fair with me, I've been like really, really lucky. Um, and I think, again, because I've always had like this quite outspoken personality to begin with. And, you know, as you definitely know, uh, I'm still the same now. Yes. Um, that I've kind of not gave my friends the option um, to bugger off or to not care. Um, so I've been really lucky in that sense. And I know it's it's a lot different for a lot of disabled people that not everyone's as lucky as I've been. Um, but even still, like my, my friends, they get it to a certain extent, but at the end of the day, they're not disabled. Yeah. They don't, although they can be somewhat sympathetic, I think sometimes there's a fine line between being sympathetic and empathetic and really understanding. Um, so I think a lot of people are sympathetic, um, but just having that level of understanding of how it really, truly affects you every single day rather than, um, it's just hard to explain. Like there's been situations where I, as you say, I've stepped back from being the organiser now. Mm. And I just say, you just organise it. Although I don't, I do, I do in a certain, in a certain sense, expect my friends to know because I speak about this 24 7 yeah um and I'll give you a prime example actually this weekend I went out with my friends and they'd got it all organized and they'd they'd gone to the the venue before I arrived and I've never been to this venue before they'd gone there before I arrived um to drop off some balloons because it was like my friend's birthday and we were having uh, drinks on this terrace mm. and when they got there my other friend said they do have another entrance don't they and then the friend who'd organized was like oh <gasps> oh my God, oh my God, ran inside, found the manager. There is another entrance, like a back entrance, because it was steps to get in. And they were like, no. And she said, well, I rang. I rang and asked if you had a disabled toilet and if it was accessible. And they said, yeah, we have a disabled toilet. But I didn't know that you you, would, you wouldn't be okay with the steps. Um, so again, like the thought, the thought was there. And most people would just assume that if you've got a disabled toilet, you know, that the place would be accessible. But unless you're disabled, you wouldn't always understand that it's not logic yeah. um, in some venues. And, like, if that was me, I'd be like, right, have you got the disabled toilet? Can I actually get in here? Yeah. Um, because people assume that if there's a disabled toilet, all right, well, that's great. Yeah. Um, and that's not me um, saying anything about my friend, like, that she's not tried it's just simply because people just kind of expect that right well it's 2021 now and uh, everywhere's more inclusive and there's laws about this and you know if there's no disabled toilet then you should be suing I don't know where people think I've got the time or the money to do that but it's not it's not as black and white as that anymore well it's it's never been as black and white as that and there's still lots of places that simply aren't accessible don't particularly care and I don't think we'll ever change for a very long time. Yeah, yeah, that that assumption. I think I find the hardest because it's like we're all living in this different world that mm. like it's literally people just assume everything's accessible. And then if I say, oh, actually, it's not, people are like, you should do something about that. And I'm like, no, <laughs> the like... They why? should. Yeah, why is the owners of yeah. disabled people like it to yeah, it doesn't make sense, does it? No, definitely. And, and I do agree that a lot of pressure is put on disabled people 
to advocate for this when it's hard to kind of explain to people that not every disabled person wants to talk about being disabled. Not every disabled person wants to challenge inaccessibility. Some disabled people just want to live. We all just want to live and get on with it. And although, yes, I choose to shout from the rooftops about everything and challenge everything that I see, it is a lot of hard work and you are faced with so many people who just don't understand and it's so frustrating and not everyone wants to go through that and why should why should disabled people have have to fight for these things Mm. yeah and like if somebody so some listeners might be listening and thinking right what do we need to do to make this better god let's hope somebody does um what would you say is like the dream in terms of you go to an event like from start to finish what would you want to see just consider like the word consideration yeah i mean lots of business owners i think are scared about disabled people because they all assume that we're going to be there like with a lawyer stood behind us ready to close them down ready to take them to court when in actual fact if a venue is inaccessible but approaches me and says jenny i know we're inaccessible but I don't really know what I need to do here. Can you help? Um, Or can you direct us to people who know how, you know, we need the help? I'd be like, right, okay. They're not accessible right now, but they're bothered. They're considering it. They They understand the need and they understand how important it is. So for me, I, I'd say like the money drives the change. So stick together and go to the accessible places, shout about the accessible places, shout about the people, the business owners who are making these considerations and let people understand that disabled people aren't all angry about the fact that you aren't accessible right now. We we are people and we understand that things take time and that Rome wasn't built in a day and it's not always as easy as, right, we can just shut a disabled toilet in here and we can put a lift in here. It's just about making the small changes, I think, initially, just to kind of let people understand that people care. People care about our community. Um, So I do think that us all sticking together, and I don't want to say shout from the rooftops, because as you say, not everyone wants to do that. But if disabled people only went to the accessible places and, you know, refused to be carried into these bars like I do, would that not push the inaccessible places into realising, hmm, why is no one coming to our place? Because there's a disabled girl there who's just tried to come in and there's 10 people who she's with and they've all gone elsewhere because we're not accessible. But they were planning on coming in here and spending all night here, spending £500 here, and we've just missed out on that. So there is a there is terminology for it, but I can't think what it is. But, um, yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean, like, make a stance almost of, like, the impact of inaccessibility ultimately mm-hmm. will be a negative thing for them as well which is a shame yeah. because you just want to know that people care without yeah. the money side I, yeah. sometimes I struggle with the whole purple pound like I use it in my training because ultimately I know that money makes the world go around and people are mm-hmm. like oh but also 
sometimes when I'm in bed at night, I just think, like, why don't people just care? Like, uh, Yeah, why should yeah. you have to? Again, it, you come back to that point of why should you have to? Mm. Um, but as you say, money does make the world go around. Yeah. And if that's what it takes, it is, it is like an argument of, when I when people say to me, "Oh, this happened to you overnight," and you should remind people that how quickly things can change, and I say I don't want to kind of use the scare tactic of, mm. you know, you could be me, but sometimes I just get so frustrated, and I and I do just go off on one, and I say, "That's how quickly things change for me, mm. like that," and until people understand that, that's how quickly things can change for them. No one cares until until people are in the situation of that split second. Um, but again, there's there's plenty of people who don't necessarily have an accident or you know have their disability later on in life. There's people who've lived this life from birth. So why should I even have to have that conversation saying that this could be you? Because oh, it's just it's just an ongoing cycle. Yeah, it is. <laughs> wanting people to care. Yeah. It is. And, it, you know, I think that's the hardest thing about what we do is it's constant and it? it's like the outside world and you've got the online world. Do you, I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but do you ever feel burnout, Jenny? Like, mm. do you ever just want to shut your Instagram mm. down? Mm. Yeah. A lot. A lot. Um, if, <laughs> if my job wasn't... Um, you know, like to do with social media. I wouldn't have Facebook. No yeah. way, I wouldn't have Facebook. I, f- I feel like there's a different world over on Facebook. And I try and keep away from Twitter as well because people are really mean on there. Yeah, I feel comfortable on my Instagram because I do have that large following of, of people who do have my back yeah. and people who I can lean on and say, you're in the same situation as me or a very similar situation to me how do you feel about this scenario that I'm in now? Mm. And I take great comfort from speaking to people like yourself and other people within the disabled community on Instagram. So not so much Instagram because it is my baby and I do love it, but I could get rid of the rest of it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is. Just have a break. Oh God. I mean, Facebook, I don't go on it anymore because it, it's just too much. It's a lot, especially if you work with, I found if you work with brands and then they tag you, it's just a whole new audience of yeah. trolls that you're just like, I don't want to see that. Like, that's not for me. Yeah, definitely. I think because because you have your story option on Instagram now, um, I think it makes it a lot more personable mm. for people to kind of not buy into you, but, you know, be on the journey with you. Yeah. And I'm very particular with what I post on instagram compared to my facebook page purely because people don't have that like personable bond with me over on facebook whereas people are it's quite interactive on instagram and gives the people the opportunity to open them conversations um so i am very very aware of the different things that i post on the on different platforms purely because as you say some people are just brutal on facebook and twitter in particular and tiktok let's not even go there oh i did tiktok for a week i couldn't hack it like the people on there are just a different species next level yeah it was horrific all i'd posted was me driving my adapted car jesus christ you'd think they'd never seen technology before they were like what was she doing she shouldn't be allowed to drive 
It's just not healthy. No, not at all. But speaking about the driving thing, I, I often find like people are absolutely gobsmacked that this could possibly happen. And when I say to people, like, like, oh my god, like, have you got like a really technical adapted like van? And I'm like, no, I just have a car, like a nice car as well, actually. And like, huh? How? How? And I'm like, actually, it's really. But my adaptations are really, really simple. It's just a stick attached to the pedals, and that is it. And like, what do you mean? And like, the pedals still move in the car. Like, I just pull a handle, which is a big, long stick, which is attached to the pedals, and then I have another stick on the steering wheel, which I drive with. So, just lots of mechanical like adaptations. Nothing big electronics i don't have like a big computer screen in front of me it's just very very basic things and people's minds are blown when <laughs> i show them like they'll be like they'll see me getting into the car and I'm, like hovering around and i'm like do you want to see do you just come over here and just have a look yeah so. have you had people looking in yet i've only just started experiences when i'm actually driving and men will be on the side of the street like looking in and i'm like what are you doing <laughs> No, I, I don't think I have, actually. I think because when you're in my car, it's the one place that I love to be. If you notice, I'm always in my car because no one knows that I'm disabled when I'm in yeah. there. Yeah. No one can tell. Other than if you, like, really scrutinise the fact that I'm driving with my left hand and I'm, like, driving like this as opposed to holding the wheel. Yeah. You can't really tell. Like, I've people are always like, you should put stickers on your car saying that you're disabled and saying, and I'm like, no, I do not want to do that because yeah. this is my one little safe haven on earth that I can go where no one looks at me. Yeah. Would you say that's like your thing that you like to do to just zone out a bit, reset? Yeah, definitely. I love driving. I absolutely love it. Poor on, he doesn't get a look in. He never gets to drive. It's always me. But to be fair, I'm a bad passenger, so. Oh, I yeah. Yeah. Why? I just grab, you know, I like grab the door and I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> My mum does that and I'm, to be fair, I'm a learner, so I get it. But every time we turn a corner, she's like clamping on. <laughs> well, That's that me bad. and he gets really annoyed. He gets really, really annoyed. He's like, you're making it worse. You're making me nervous. You know, like, as you say, if someone's watching you as you're a bit... And I'm like... <laughs> yeah. So you're doing exactly that. Yeah, I am. I am. Like, without even knowing I'm doing it. So, Jenny, you actually changed careers, didn't you, through lockdown, which is very interesting. Can you tell us a little bit about what you do? Yeah, so um, my new job, my actual title is Community Engagement Manager, um, which probably doesn't mean a great deal to a lot of people, um, but basically means I oversee um, the social media and marketing side of things for an app um, which is for the disabled community and the wider community. Um, and it's basically an app in which um, documents accessibility information um, and gives people the opportunity to decide whether that information um, gives people the opportunity to decide if that venue is accessible for them. So, you know, it's not a five-star rating of whether it's good or bad it's a case of here's the accessibility information we understand every person who is disabled is different and has different needs um so we don't want to mark a venue down because it has steps when that might be perfect for someone else inside who needs a hearing loop 
Um, so we just want to document all that information, put it out there, put it on our app um, where you can go on and log the information yourself. Um, it can be updated in real time. If there's any changes, you know, if a disabled toilet is out of order or if a lift's not working for a short period of time, that can be quickly updated. And again, quickly updated when it's back up and running as well. Um, so yeah, it's really 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 exciting um, i'm so glad to be um, part of the team and i do think it's going to be making big moves for the disabled community hopefully um in the next few years wow that is exciting and i think that real life you know real time update is exciting because you know we've all been there where we get there and someone will say oh yeah the lift broke a week ago did you not know yeah definitely i mean the scenarios that I find myself in is either there's no information at all regarding accessibility, there's very little information and you have to kind of guess. You're ringing up and asking about the accessibility information. You're told, mm, not really sure. Sometimes you're told concrete, yes. You get there and it's still wrong. Um, sometimes there's just information overload and there's far too much to try and dissect. And we've tried to kind of create a standardised version of tick boxes in which you can select, um, which is kind of across the board, easier for everyone to understand and input um, if needs be as well. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And just remind us again where we can find that. That is Sociability. It's in available on um, all of the different app stores. So we did have a question from uh, somebody, Sandra, I believe. Sandra, um, yeah. Yeah, and she wanted to know about lockdown, um, which I thought was quite interesting because as we're recording this, we're kind of opening up a little bit now. Um, but yeah, I wanted to know, like, what are your thoughts on lockdown, how have you found it? And what, yeah, what do you think it's going to look like in terms of for the disability community as we get out? There's a lot, there's a lot there. That's a big old question. <laughs> Very big question with lots and lots of layers. That's like a, you've just handed me a big onion and I've got to peel it all back. Oh God, um, choose the layers, choose the layers. <laughs> and I'll start off with how I found it. Um, yeah. For me, other than missing my family and friends, not a great deal has changed. Mm. And I think a lot of disabled people will um, probably feel the same in that sense that, you know, most of our lives we do feel restricted yeah. and isolated and controlled in a certain way um that you can't simply go out and do the things that you want to do yeah. um so i have found it quite ironic when everyone's like whoa you have to like ring up places now and you have to book tables and uh it's only for a certain amount of time and and you have to go in different entrances and things and i'm like where have you been for the past like forever? Because this is what disabled people have always lived like. And I think it is a conversation that a lot of disabled people have been having recently, which is great. But I am conscious of the fact that as soon as lockdown lifts fully, you know, like in the summer, people are going to forget the isolation periods um, and how difficult everyone in the UK has found it and just kind of go back into the carefree world of not really caring, which does does worry me slightly, but we will just have to see. There has been lots of changes, and I think it is quite ironic how working from home 
getting a full-time job working from home just wasn't a thing two years ago. And if it was, it was like one in a thousand of jobs that are out there, if not more. Um, there's not many companies what would have outright employed someone to work from home and trusted them to do that. And that's something what disabled people have been crying out for for years. Um, and now all of a sudden, every company is happy to do it because they aren't given the choice. You know, they have to do it in order to carry on with their business. And I think it's important for these businesses to remember that disabled people aren't given that choice. Mm. They're not given the choice of being able to always be in the office. Um, and I just hope that the like flexibility of it all continues. But I live in hope. We shall see. We shall see how that onion um, unravels. Yeah, I know. And I suppose what worries me, because people have been held back, it's almost like there's an urgency to just live life, yeah. get out there. And it's almost yeah. like we're at the back, like, wait, like we want to do it too. Like, yeah. That's what it feels like a little bit, would you say? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I, that's what I mean. I, I do think that people are just going to forget about the past like year and a half um, and soon slip into their old ways of life pre-COVID. Mm. Um, but I do think it's been uh, quite a big eye opener for a lot of people. And I just hope that people don't forget how difficult it was for that short period of time for them, because a year and a half is a short period of time in the grand scheme of things. If you're disabled and you're disabled for life, yeah. you know, a year and a half is nothing. Um, so for pe other people to experience just a, a small glimpse of our lives, which is forever, I just hope that they've taken a lot of lessons on board and, uh, Hopefully don't forget about them. Let's hope not. I mean, I suppose that's why, you know, doing what you do is so key in it because we're going to be documenting all of the drama, I'm sure, as, as mm -hmm. it all unlocks again. And, you know, we need to be vocal. Well, not like you say, not everybody needs to, you know, if you don't want to, you don't want to do it. But mm. it's going to be interesting to see how it all adapts. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean... It would be easy for me to just sit here and say, everyone needs to shout about it. That would be an easy solution. But, but as you say, not everyone is comfortable. But to the people who are like kind of on the fence, like, oh, I don't know if I'm confident enough to talk about it. Just give it a go. Yeah. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised how many people you'll soon find online. Um, like I've made so many like really good friendships through that account and I'm not telling people to go online and rant like I do and like go OTT like I do but just you know speaking a little bit more about your life as a disabled person not necessarily your disability in itself but the scenarios that you find yourself in and the good ones and the bad ones you know it doesn't have to always be like a big hate campaign against venues or whatever it might be just to give people a, a bigger insight as to you know, disabled people are people. I mean, shocking news. I know. <laughs> but, Some you page. know, it's true, though, isn't it? And, you know, I, I wish I'd have said to myself years ago, do it, just, do, just don't overthink it, because people just enjoy watching people's lives, don't they? Like, I love watching mm. other people on Instagram, and, yeah, you always learn something new, don't you? Oh, definitely. I think, I think it's like just a, like a universal trend anyway, regardless of the disabled part. People are nosy. People are nosy. 
and what does everyone always have in the hand the phone so I just kind of see it as a way of utilizing um people are on the phone anyway so I'm just gonna put my two pence in too yeah, yeah you are and it's more than two pence I know. so we're nearing the end Jenny I feel like we've we could go on for hours to be honest but just wait until I come to Leeds <sighs> I'm so excited for that honestly oh. Think about how many of them people that are named when you go into, into like a bar. Oh. How many? That's going to be multiplied by about 10 if there's <laughs> two of us. People are going to be freaked out. Yeah, yeah. We're going to be fine. I think we just get ready for it. We prepare. How do you propose we prepare? Like baseball bat or something? No, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or do we like, um, like tell each other really patronising things? Like... <laughs> You know, in pre-drinks, just to <laughs> set the scene. Yeah, maybe. We'll have fun and, yeah, I've been out before with, like, five wheelchair users. And really? Yeah, I mean, people just could not cope. Like, mm. it's like we just couldn't settle because we were all having fun and, you know, I mean, we're all brittle, so we're quite small and, you know, visually very different, but it's so... In some ways, it's so empowering because mm. you're making a, a statement by being like, yeah, yeah, we're having fun and watch us if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Give us we're, a fiver if you want. In it, like buy me a drink, you know. <laughs> that is that is one perk of being disabled. People do like to buy you drinks all the time. And at first I was like, no, no, that's like really annoying and, and a bit offensive that you keep doing that. And now I'm just like, yeah. Go for it. Isn't Go it? for it. Um, but yeah, definitely take the perks as and when they mm. benefit you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So to round up this fabulous chat, I wondered if you could say anything to a non-disabled listener listening right now that they can do literally tomorrow. What would you say to them? I'd say make a point of following five different disabled creators and really really remember that not every disability is the same so find five different people with five different disabilities and just follow them and just you know even if you be a ghost follower you don't have to comment on anything but just watch watch and listen and hopefully learn something yes and have you got any suggestions of who so they've got a bit of an idea where to go i'm not very good with people's actual handles but if you have a quick flick through everyone who i follow yeah um, i think i do follow like quite a wide range of people with different disabilities well i try to anyway and you hopefully should find people on there fabulous oh thank you so much i've so enjoyed this and i don't know i just feel like you're just one person that i can really relate with and I'm really grateful that you just share how it is because, yeah, it's exhausting and we need to help each other sometimes. Mm. You know, I I see it as like a seesaw. When one of us is up, you know, and we can take it on, we'll take it on. And then, you know, if we're having a bit of a low day, I'll be like, oh, Jenny can talk about that. (laughs) (laughs) No, definitely. You're one one of the very few people who was like just on the same level as me. Who I think we have like pretty much 99% of the same opinions when it comes to everything that we talk about and I think it's a northern thing you know I think it's a northern thing Jim I do yeah because you know 
we say it how it is. Like, I can't not. I can't not say yeah. how it is. Some people would probably call us gobby, but I'd take that. I'd take I'd that. Take that. <laughs> I'd wear that with pride. <laughs> well, thank you, Jenny. And there we have it. How great is Jenny? I really appreciate, you know, her sharing her experiences and just being able to relate with somebody so well. So thank you, Jenny, if you're listening. And I shall see everybody in the next episode. Bye.